0: Thing, man, I hit the gas. I went after him. <laughs> Beth is like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm going to get this guy." She goes, "We got a baby in the car." Then I came to my senses as I've matured, which has been a lifelong process. I think no I con- Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> I think I control my anger better. Live your life with purpose. Change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, Dan, Brian, and Terry talk about anger, when it's righteous and when it's not. Now here's Dan, so let's get started. When was the last time you were really angry? Do you remember what it was over?
0: Did you start to lose control of your emotions? Did you feel that boil up inside of you? Today on Finish Strong, we're gonna talk about anger, to be or not to be angry is the title of this episode i'm dan wheeler your host and i'm joined by terry steen and brian roland and our producer is john matarazzo i'm gonna start with you brian because you and i have uh, been friends a long time and i know you've got a little bit of that italian blood in you tell me about anger
2: Well, I got a Italian on one side and I got German and Irish <laughs> and on the other and Dutch on the other side, so there's a lot of anger. No, it's <laughs> uh short fuse. Not really angry, just more short fuse. And um yeah, there's things that tend to get me angry. Um most of the time it's like uh, when I'm driving and somebody's not driving the way I think they should be driving. uh, I get angry when I shouldn't get angry. So when you said, do you remember the last time you got angry? I really, I really can't. Although it's been anger is in our move that we just did As you can hear the echo chamber that I'm in. Um, we still don't have our furniture after just about a month now. And, um, I, I was angry to begin with, but it's more just disappointed and frustration now. So it's no because it wasn't doing anything to get angry. It was not doing nothing. But instead, we we're uh, just making do with it. And, and you know, the Lord's going to see us through it. And we're going to come out of this on the other side, a better person, because not letting the anger take over and control. And I think that's one of the big problems, too, is that we let anger control us. And we let past anger control us when we don't let it go. Right. Well,
0: next is mild-mannered Terry Steen, at least by day. Uh, Terry, you you don't show a lot of anger. I've known you a long time, but I'm sure that sometimes maybe you boil up a little bit inside.
3: Yeah, I'm sure we all do. I am a pretty laid-back guy, so it's not something that I really deal with a lot. But if I were to sit to a, and evaluate it, I'd have to say that when injustice is done, when things are not fair— that that tends to be what makes me madder than anything. And, you know, I don't know that the times I do get angry, I don't know that it's even controllable. I mean, it just rises, like you said at the start, Dan, it kind of rises up and you can't control it. And it's something that happens. If I were to pick one thing that really makes me mad, it's when I choose to be courteous and polite and get in the one lane that's exiting the interstate And I'm being patient as I watch car after car after car fly by and force their way in in front of me. (laughs) That makes me mad. I'm like, would you do that at the theater? Would you cut in line like that? And it just it's an injustice. And it's something that just infuriates me. If we're all on the same level, even if I'm 15 more minutes later, I'm okay because everything's fair. So
2: it's when you're driving too, right? Yeah, it's when you're driving too, T. Okay. Something about the car.
0: Yes, yes. In the car. In the car, behind the wheel. It happens to me too. I remember early on our marriage, Kirsten was just a little baby and was in the back seat, and I pulled out, and I had plenty of room, and I'm driving, and this guy comes flying up right on my tail, and then he's like honking, and he goes around me, and i didn't even think, man. I hit the gas. I went after him. <laughs> Beth is like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm going to get this guy." She goes, "We got a baby in the car." And then I came to my senses. But um, I, I don't know about you guys. Do you think? I know with myself as I've matured, which has been a lifelong process. <laughs> I think. No I can, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I think I control my mm-hmm. anger better, Brian. I, I've kind of seen you mellow out a bit over the years.
2: Yeah, I, I think time does that to us. Um, as, as you know, Dan, I did have a pretty pretty short fuse. Oh yeah. Um, oh, oh no. Did I say that? And, that and, came and, out. And, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah.
2: No. And and as we, we, I think we've talked about it before. We were golfing, and I was in a backswing, and somebody said something. So I re, I, I said something back when I'm supposed to be concentrating on my swing. Maybe that's why I've never been good at driving. <laughs> yeah. You always think <laughs> of that. It's always yes. in the back of my yeah. head. Yeah. But you know, it's it, it after a number of years, you start. Thinking about this and start mellowing out about it, and and it, it's because it's, it's not accomplishing anything. Yeah. It's hurting more than anything else. And 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 I, I I've said the story before when in one of our morning cups was somebody went flying around the corner when I was walking one of my dogs, and and not even thinking, I just looked at him and I said, "You idiot!" And I didn't think I said it that loud, but he turned around and you'd me and gave me the burden, and, and I'm and I'm looking at him, and all of a sudden it's welling up in me, and I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. I first of all I didn't think he even heard me. <laughs> Second of all, it makes you realize you don't know what you're doing at what time. And then the Lord just spoke to me saying, you should be praying for that guy. You don't know what he's going through. Yeah. I thought, wow, that that's really true. I have no idea what he's going through, and and I just pushed his buttons yeah. even further, yeah. and that was wrong. You know, so that anger can take over well, you, and. and In a bad way, if you let it. Well,
0: John, we've never seen your anger yet. Uh, Have you ever had instances in the past where you've kind of lost it?
1: I used to have a really bad anger problem. Really? Um, But the Lord dealt with me. I actually, I heard the physical or the audible voice of the Lord deal with my anger, and I had actually, I was going to physically hurt somebody because they did something that was it was very minute, um, and I was not even ten years old, maybe. And I was going to physically hurt them because they did something that annoyed me. And I had them at a place where I was about to do that. And I heard God say to me, why are you so angry? Wow. And it just de-escalated the situation. And then God just dealt with my heart Mm. right then. And I haven't really had an anger Mm, issue ever since.
0: When I was 10 years
2: old,
1: (laughs) I had a temper.
0: And uh, God didn't speak to me. My mom sure did, though. And God spoke to him. <laughs> <laughs> I struck out in a little game, and I wasn't used to striking out. And I turned around, and I chucked my bat into the backstop, like in front of the whole crowd. And, and that night when I got home, my mom came in my room and said, sit down, Danny. She said, I have never <laughs> been so embarrassed and so ashamed of you in my life. I've always been proud of you. And by the way, you ever do it again, your baseball career's over. You'll never play again. <laughs> Boy, did that snap Whoa. it out of me. She knew how to deal with it. But, you know, anger something, you know, you have to deal with. Have you ever felt your anger was really justified?
2: You know, at, at the time, you think it is. But uh, as, as you sit back and ponder it, or if you wait, like you said before, count the ten, uh, it's. It's. I don't think it ever really is justified. And and what goes around comes around. And it's a, it's just a saying, but it's usually true. Uh, you set the table, and then you end up eating it. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. And that's what's going to happen. And and it's just. Um, I don't think it really is ever really justified, even when somebody really does you wrong.
0: Yeah, we're going to look at some verses in the Bible, though. There may be a time or two when anger is justified. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, Brian, what does the Bible say about anger? Well,
2: the Bible does say in Proverbs thirty thirty three, for as churning cream produces butter, and as twisting the nose produces blood, so stirring up anger produces strife. And so that's telling us right there uh, what you can either do with anger or what, or what you could do by churning cream.
3: You know, another verse that I found was in James, the first chapter, And it's another one regarding anger and what the Bible says about it, because obviously there's many verses that talk about us not being angry. And in James 1, the 19th verse, it tells us that everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So for the most part, the kind of anger we've been talking about is sort of our personal emotional issues that something's happened to make us mad. And that's what the Bible's saying no, that is not going to create the righteous life that I want for you. You have to be able to control that kind of anger. Okay, I'm
0: going to read one more verse that talks about what Terry just said, that overall, as part of our Christian life, we need to keep our emotions under control. And Proverbs 29, 11 says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. But does the Bible, Terry, ever say that Anger is justified, or anger can be justified?
3: Well, the reality is God got angry, and uh, I, I looked up a couple of scriptures back in Exodus. Of course, he had reason to. Typically, it was for injustice or sin. You know, So that qualifies, I guess, but it says in the 22nd chapter, um, Moses was talking that God said to not take advantage of the widows or the orphans because if you do and they cry out to me, I'll hear their cry. My anger will be aroused and I will kill you with the sword. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that is some kind of anger, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then <laughs> really and is. then in Psalms it literally says in the 7th chapter the 11th verse that God's a righteous judge, a God who expresses his wrath every day. So there's things when when things are not done righteously, when there is sin, God is angry about it and he's angry every day. He hates hypocrisy, he hates sin. Well, and Jesus got angry too. In Mark chapter 3 early
0: on, uh Jesus there was a man that had a shriveled hand and Jesus was in the synagogue. And uh, he went ahead and he he said, stand up in front of everyone. In verse 4 of chapter 3, Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. And then verse 5, it says, He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. And then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. I mean, he put them in their place. They were being Mm -hmm. hypocritical, judging him that he was going to do good on the Sabbath. And he was the Lord of the Sabbath. And then the other story I want to read is this story is recorded in all four Gospels. But John really captured, I think, the Lord's anger best in chapter 2 of John, Verse 14, it says, In the temple courts he found men selling cattle, sheep, doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all of them from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? I mean, There's no doubt about it. Jesus was anger, but it was righteous
3: anger. With a whip, no less.
2: Exactly. (laughs) No, it's true. What I've said before, too, that you mentioned about, is it justified? And I said no, but you're getting into where it is justified because it's it's when it affects the Lord's work. Of course, that's when it's, it's very justified to be angry about what is going on. But like in Second Samuel 12, 5, we talk about David, and he burned with anger against the man. And he's talking about Nathan approached him about after his affair with Bathsheba, and when he would he gave him a story about something that happened with a man stealing uh, another lamb. And he said, surely as the Lord lives, this man who did this must die. And he was putting the own curse on himself because he had just done that same thing. But that he had such anger that he threw that out there. It's like I said before about you're setting the table, but you're also eating. And what you're placing on that, if you think you're setting it for somebody else. And then it goes on to Moses, too, which is What I think is interesting is, In Exodus 7, 17, 6, it talks about Moses, uh, and it says, I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. This is uh, God talking to him. He said, strike the rock and the water will come out of it and for the people to drink it. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And of course, water came out. But later on in another place, it says over in uh, Numbers 28, that um, verse 8, He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. He was upset because all he did was complain. He was, must we bring you water out of this rock? Now, this is when God told him to go and speak to the rock. So then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff and water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But God got angry because Moses disobeyed him. And it, and he kept it from going into the Promised Land after that because he was supposed to speak to the rock this time and not strike it. And when I was doing a little research on it, I found that it really was a setup at the beginning in Exodus to strike the rock was about Christ taking the blows for us and being crucified. But speaking it was when the Holy Spirit that the Christ brings to us after he was resurrected. And that had that changed. 'Cause that's what God was trying to represent there, which I think is pretty interesting when I think about it now. But it's trying to represent this, but that Moses disobeyed and God got angry.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well we don't need it to beat a dead horse, but there's one more story that I'd like to share that I just ran across this last week and it's about Does it involve a horse? It does not involve <laughs> a horse. <laughs> oh good. Don't don't okay. <laughs> This is is King Saul. This is King Saul back in 1 Samuel. It was interesting when he was anointed king, he went back to the fields and he was working. He didn't have real uh, function as a king yet, but the Ammonites threatened the Israelites. The Israelites were very upset. Saul heard about it, and listen to what it says. When Saul heard their words, the Spirit of God came upon him in power, and he burned with anger. That was good anger. The Holy Spirit came on him, and it made him angry for the people of Israel. And the interesting thing was all the people saw how angry he was that they all lined up to help fight the battle, and consequently they destroyed that country. So you go a few more chapters down in 1 Samuel to the 18th chapter, here's bad anger. Here's where Saul was um, beginning to lose his anointing. David was being successful. David was being anointed the next king. And so Saul's hearing this song that Saul's slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And it says in the the eighth verse that Saul was very angry, and this refrain galled him. (laughs) And Mm. so from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. So he was jealous. He had an evil spirit. That's the wrong anger. When it's justified, it can be the right anger.
2: So, what does anger led to? It led to jealousy. Right, right. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, we've determined that anger is not
0: always sin. There is a righteous anger, which is God's response to injustice and sin. I mean, think of Moses when he came down with the Ten Commandments on the tablets, and the the children of Israel had built a calf, an idol, and he was only gone what forty days, and they they could stand, it. and he th- chucked those tablets, he threw them, he was angry uh, that they would do this and um, I don't know, guys I get angry. Recently, I, I get angry watching the news. I can hardly watch it. I'm, it seems like there are people that just actually hate our country, and uh, some of them are in places of power, and that really bothers me. What say you?
2: No, I, I agree with you. It, it does make you angry, and it makes me angry because it's like people are being blinded. It's like, get the calluses off your eyes there's so many things that are happening. that's like, my, my gosh, it, it is so simple to see, but yet nobody wants to address it. They want to talk about everything around it. And it does make you angry. And, uh, one one thing about being here without any furniture is we have no TVs and so we don't watch the news. And so we, we've been less angry in our household right now. Because it can it can build up and it could just it could ruin your whole day if you start out that
3: way and if you continue to let it fester. I think for me the anger burns when I see the sin in our country. When you think about how our country was formed and started, when you think about the Christians over in Europe that were uh demonized and shut down, basically, and they felt they had, they were willing to risk dying and finding another country across the ocean to go somewhere where they could worship and they could be the kind of Christian they wanted to be. And they came here and did it successfully, and now 250 years later, we look at what our society is looking like, and we look at all the sin, and we look at all the sexual deprivation. We look at the murder of babies. You can go on and on and see the sin that our country and society has begun to accept, that that's something to get angry about. When
0: I hear things, and and we're hearing crazy things, bizarre things, but I think of this passage, this verse in Isaiah 520, it says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Does that sound familiar? They're calling evil things good. They're saying, oh, that's, you know, everybody should Mm -hmm. do that. And they're calling good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. God's going to judge. God God says woe Mm -hmm. to them. And that is... Righteous anger to injustice and to sin. Well, you think of David. Goliath was, you know, belittling the people of God, and he was crying out against God. And David said, oh, yeah, I'll take you on. Come on. Took his slingshot and a rock, and he went running toward him. He couldn't wait to take him. I said, this day I will have your head. And God uh, delivered Goliath unto him. Righteous anger. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, you know, that's That's something we we've talked early on about our our slant toward being an angry person or not. And as we've begun to kind of study and prepare for this session, it's made me reflect and realize that, uh, yeah, I do okay with not being angry when I shouldn't be angry. But I don't do a very good job of being angry at what I should be angry about. And I feel bad about that. And I know that I need to allow that anger, just like Saul did, to influence other people and let them know where sin is sin and wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I got to do a better job of that.
2: Well, you know, T, I, I did a show once with Barbara Mandrell, and she was just a little thing, and she was producing her own, her own variety show then. And after, being a producer and a director, I mean, I, you can get angry, and especially when the job isn't being done right. But I asked Barbara, I said, you know, Barbara, so how do you get these guys to do what you want them to do? I mean, you're just a little thing here. How do you get these guys to do that? She goes, honey, she goes, you get a lot more done with honey than you do with vinegar. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. She said, you just don't go at them and just got it. She says, you got it. You got to go at it the right way. And she had it right. It was perfectly the, the right answer. And that's how she got her job done. So
0: as we've said, we have to be angry when uh, the situation calls for righteous anger, when there are injustices, mm-hmm. when there's sin, when people are defying God and defying our Christian faith. Uh, but personally, anger should never control you. And this is a verse that Beth and I really took to heart during our marriage. It's found in Ephesians 4:26. It says, "In your anger, do not sin; do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold." So, you don't want that Anger to fester. That's right. And turn into bitterness and rage and harsh words.
2: That's right. So and we
0: want to finish strong through the right kinds of anger, right, guys? Go
2: ahead, Brian. No, I say that's a verse that I had written down here too, Dan. It's, it's one I was going uh, to mention during this segment. But uh, I also, on uh, Psalms uh, 37 8, where it says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret because it only leads to evil it just tells us that we shouldn't be doing that at all. And, and it's right. Exactly what you said. We cannot go to bed thinking and, and let the sun go down. still being angry because it's just going to fester and destroy us from within.
0: So when people defy God, they profane God or his church or do harm to others, especially to little children or babies that are defenseless. Uh, we need to stand up to evil in God's power, in righteous anger. And always remember Ephesians 6.12 says this, for our struggle. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And I have to remember when I get angry, not to, that God loves these people that I get angry at. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have to be angry at the sin and love the person. So, boy, it's been interesting, guys. Another 25, 30 minutes just flies by, and uh, we're down to our final minute or so. And, John, uh, we appreciate when people tell others about Finish Strong, and uh, we're starting to build a following with this podcast really all around the world, right?
1: Yeah, it is so fun to see that more people are having a desire to finish strong, and we love connecting with you. Uh, You can do that through the Facebook page of Fearless Faith, but you can also reach out to us through the comments on this podcast. And so if you go rate and review this podcast and give us five stars, that really helps more people discover Finish Strong with Fearless Faith.
0: So righteous anger, do it with control, control your own spirit, and remember to do all things in love. That'll wrap it up for another edition of Finish Strong with Fearless Faith. We'll see you next time.
1: God bless. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.